You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Nate Clayville, Corporate Economist for Truckstop.com. Leveraging the dynamic economics of the trucking industry requires learning the lessons of markets past, implementing that information in markets present, and doing a touch of prognosticating into markets yet to be. Nate Clayville of Truckstop.com offers his analysis on some of the factors that are influencing the market today and what shippers and carriers might want to keep in mind as we move ahead into potentially interesting times. Joining us today is Nate Clayville, the Corporate Economist for Truckstop.com. Nate, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Nate, can you give us a little bit of background on who you are, what you do with Truckstop.com? Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, Truckstop.com is based in a little town in Idaho called New Plymouth, a real small town, about 50 miles outside of Boise, and uh, it's really off the beaten path. Nobody ends up there on accident. So I myself am uh, pretty much a native of Idaho. I spent most of my life there in Idaho and uh, grew up in a town close there called Middleton and went to school at Boise State University, the Smurf Turf Blue Field. I uh, studied economics and from there I, I worked in the federal government and the state government doing uh, ec- economics. I was the deputy chief economist for the state of Idaho and just about a year ago made the move over to truckstop.com. I sold out and, and went to the private sector, which has been great. Uh, at Truckstop I do, I do a lot of things with the, with the economics branch there. So we have a lot of data at truckstop.com. And just a little bit about the company. So just to, to give kind of a good example of what truckstop.com does, it's a little bit like like a, maybe eHarmony for the trucking industry. So while there are shippers that ship goods and there are carriers, you know, these truck drivers and fleets that, that actually drive the goods where they're supposed to go, there's also kind of this, this middleman called a sh- uh, freight broker. And these freight brokers essentially facilitate this relationship there. And uh, so we work really closely with the freight brokers and the freight carriers and we kind of match them up. So they have these loads that they need to take from one place to another and we'll match them and get them sent there. And we work really heavily in what's called the spot market. Whereas uh, in trucking, you can really kind of break into two different markets. There's a contract market and a spot market. Contract market is what it sounds like. There's uh, essentially these, these brokers or sometimes direct shippers will contract with carriers for you know sometimes a year or so out and then they'll kind of contract that you'll take X number of loads every week on these same lanes and you'll do it over and over again and, and that's kind of the contract at, at a predetermined rate. Whereas the spot market is kind of a market that these guys can go to for you know excess loads. So if there are loads that uh, are kind of one-offs or or maybe they have exceeded the number of loads that are in the contract, they can go to the spot market. It, at, uh, and at that point, they can kind of you know match them on a one-to-one basis. So you you got a load that needs to go from here to there. You can kind of do it on a one-time basis. So so we work really heavily in that spot market where things can move really quickly. Uh, not that it's it's a fairly big market actually. So we're talking probably. 25% of all the loads that are moved on the road are actually spot market loads. So, so we're uh, one of the biggest players in that market and, and kind of facilitating those relationships there. So we also provide a lot of other tools and resources and that's kind of where I step in with some of these other tools and resources. Uh, a very interesting tool that we provide is something we call the Trans Forecast. And so I, I'm kind of the owner of this product out there and this is a newsletter type product that we put a lot of market data out about what's going on in the industry. So we talk about things like, like demand and, and capacity in the market. We talk about uh, you know, rates per mile. That's an important thing to note because that's essentially the, the unit of measurement that we try to kind of use for, for revenues. So we can look at things apple to apple. Uh, we look at rate per mile as opposed to like the, the, the cost for an entire load. We'll say, hey, what is the, the rate per mile that 
you know, is being paid for the specific load. So that way, if you're looking at loads that you know only went 100 miles versus loads that went, you know, 800 miles, you're kind of you know looking at them side by side and measuring them by the same ruler there. Uh, so we get that kind of information trans forecast. We also give a lot of other data out there too. We have a, a lot of rate analysis tools. So these brokers and carriers, while they're you know negotiating contracts, while they're looking at at putting bids out, they are able to use these tools to kind of go back in history, use their own history to determine what is a a good rate to to essentially propose. Or what uh, what rates what a, what's a great rate to, to propose if we look at not just our history but the you know the entire population of data that Truckstop has out there. So we have a lot of tools like that out there, and I contribute a lot to all of those. Pretty much anything that has that economic touch there, and then I work very closely with a lot of uh, the industry economic professionals as well, with uh, you know, our economic partners, with with media in terms of you know economic reporting and things of that nature. You sound like you cover a lot of data. <laughs> it looks like you covered a lot of history as well. There's, a, there's an ancient Chinese curse that goes, may you live in interesting times. We have a, a new president-elect, and uh, he's promised to do a lot of stuff for the infrastructure, for trucking. So it's safe to say that the industry is in flux, and there's a level of uncertainty ahead. What has happened to the industry since, say, the last recession to lead us to where we are now with trucking and rates and, and so on? Sure. So it's a great question because it, it is indeed an interesting time right now. And uh, I would say that we're certainly in flux right now. If you look at the last recession, it was a you know the greatest recession we've had since the Great Depression, which is why it's kind of been coined the Great Recession. There, it was a time of uh, incredible flux. There was diminished aggregate demand. Essentially, you know, consumers weren't spending money. Uh, businesses were kind of holding back on making investments. I mean, there's just the amount of spending and the velocity of money in the economy just really had a lot of downward pressure on it. Which meant that you know the, the boom that we had experienced in the years before, where there was you know tr a lot of trucking moving, and uh, a lot of jobs being created, and a lot of people just you know moving throughout the economy very quickly, and money moving throughout the economy very quickly, we went to a real stagnant state right there. So what we saw is a lot fewer loads out there. It had a fundamental change on kind of the industry and how it worked out there, and uh, you know led to some consolidations and it led to some interesting things happening there. But maybe what's even more interesting has been is what's been happening since. So. While we officially ended the recession in about 2009, we really kind of kept feeling the impacts of the recession. You know, this, this high unemployment, these stagnant wages throughout the entire economy that really lasted well into 2012 before we really started feeling a little bit of relief there. And uh, you know, 2012, we started seeing uh, you know, housing prices coming back a little bit. We saw construction on, on new residential structures coming back a little bit. Businesses were spending a little bit more money. The unemployment rate was easing to a point where people started feeling a little bit better. We started seeing things get a little bit better, and aggregate demand. So, and when I say aggregate demand, that's you know essentially all the demand in the U.S. And we're really just talking the U.S. markets here. Uh, all the demand in the U.S. started to kind of come back up again. There's a lot of pent-up demand, so you know a lot of durable, non-durable goods that folks were kind of waiting on until things got better. People started feeling like things were better, so they're starting to spend money again. So we saw aggregate demand grow, which meant that there was a direct you know, relationship between aggregate demand and production. So production, manufacturing, all those sorts of things started heating back up again, and suddenly there was this great uh, demand for trucks to be able to start moving freight again. Uh, as in most things economics, there was a lagged impact right there. So while demand came back pretty strong in 2012, nothing can move that fast in trucking. I mean, if, if you wanted to start buying new trucks, new trailer type equipments, you want to do any of those kinds of things. There's always a little bit of a lag on that too. So while most of these kind of fleets and shippers started trying to, 
you know, backpedal and get these sorts of equipments and uh, start purchasing again. It didn't really start to, to hit until you know, 2013, 14, and 15, and by that point they were really cooking. They were really starting to purchase a lot of equipment, they were buying a lot of things, they were, they were trying to meet that demand out there, and what happened in the meantime, and, and this is again another common story in economics, is they kind of met that equilibrium level where there was all this demand for, for truckloads. They bought enough trucks to cover that demand, but then they kept on going a little ways. And so this has led to what we're kind of calling now is just this, this overcapacity in trucking. This has been a real problem because uh, when there's not quite enough supply of trucks out there to handle all the loads that were required, we saw the rates, instead this rate per mile, really skyrocket. And it was a great time for truckers. People felt like things were going right again. It was a great time for, for the freight haulers. It was a good time for the brokers who helped facilitate these. And the shippers were okay as well because you know there was a lot of demand out there. They were still making a lot of money and things were starting to heat back up again really well. Unfortunately, this, this overcapacity in trucking led to there being more trucks than there was demand for trucks. And so that had the opposite effect on, on the prices. So we started seeing those prices get some, some downward pressure and they started going down further. That's been happening pretty consistently since you know late 2014, early 2015. We've been seeing these prices kind of be chipped away more and more. Fortunately, just recently, we've kind of been seeing uh, you know, sort of it going the opposite direction again. We, we had this overcapacity, and the markets are correcting themselves again. So we've seen you know, orders for new trucks diminish pretty much the last few months at least, uh, whereas we were pretty consistently running at about you know, 30 or, or more thousand new orders per month of these kind of class C8 trucks, which are the trucks you're usually seeing when you're driving down the, the interstate. You see these big semi-trucks, they're, they're usually classified as a, as a class 8 truck, and these orders, again, have been coming in at about 30,000 a month for the last couple of years, and we're seeing them, or, or more, and we're seeing them now like below 20,000 a month, which means that that capacity and that kind of like that uh, the slack in the system is going to be tightening up a little bit again. We are already at truck stop, but one of the great things that we have is, is a byproduct of this load board that we have, this, this matching service, is that we collect a great amount of data, so we're able to really kind of see in real time what is the status of the market, where are we at right now, where are, uh, you know, are, do we have a lot of loads, are we, do we have too many loads out there, do we have too many trucks, where's the equilibrium and where are we standing right now, and what we are seeing is that we're getting a lot closer to, to the equilibrium level again. And that means that we have actually seen those rate per mile figures start to increase again. Now one thing that's important to note about trucking is that the devil's always in the details. So within our framework at least, we really kind of classify the type of equipments or the trailers into, into four equipment classes there. The first one being flatbed, and that's going to be just what it sounds like. They're the, you know, the, the big flat trailers, typically like the wood slats, and they carry a lot of things like construction materials. Uh, large equipment pieces for you know sometimes with the petroleum drilling type equipment or, or things like that sometimes they'll carry tractors and those sorts of things um, then we have the, the dry van is what it's called and now this is really common for most folks that are just driving down the interstate and you'll see the big box trucks and uh, they're they're not temperature or humidity controlled they're just a you know just a, a big box sort of storage unit that moves down the, the road that carries a lot of things like consumer goods durables and, and some non durables and things like that but those are really common uh, we have refrigerated units, and those are going to look almost exactly like those dry van boxes, but they're going to have refrigeration units. Often they are temperature controlled, humidity controlled, and those carry other non-durables. Um, not just things that need to be refrigerated, but sometimes things that just need to be kept at a certain temperature. And then every other kind of equipment that you might see out there, so you might see you know, tankers or, or the car carriers, things like that, 
we kind of bulk them all into one category that we call the specialized category. Each one of these types of equipment are really unique in, in what drives the demand for this equipment. They're really unique in the, the pricing structures for this equipment. And, uh, and again, we're kind of seeing differences right there. So while prices are really rebounding well for the drive-in and the reefers, in fact, they are, they're back up above kind of their 2015 levels for the same weeks of last year. Uh, something like the flatbed and the specialized are still below, and there's different reasons for that. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. What do you think are some of those reasons that are affecting the marketplace the way it is? I know there was a report that recently came out that truck driver jobs are slightly up in November. Are they tied together? Does it directly correlate? You know, when we, when we look at the employment levels for these actual drivers, you know, drivers of these truck, tractor, trailer type, uh, type vehicles, there's clearly some sort of correlation right there. But again, it's, it's always a lag correlation and one month does not make a trend, right? So, so we have to be careful looking at the one month kind of increase there and trying to identify how that's impacted prices. It certainly will have some sort of impact, but in terms of what's been happening, it's really more about other economic indicators, other things going on. So if we talk about those types of equipment again, a good example of this would be the, the dry van, so the, these box trailers. Um, these box trailers, because they're typically filled up with consumer goods, both durable and non-durable, are uh, explicitly tied to things like consumption. So, and maybe even indirectly, things like consumer confidence. So consumers are feeling very well, you know, in general, wages are increasing just a little bit across the board and, and disposable incomes are going up. So folks are spending a little bit more money. Uh, it's, it's not a huge amount. It's not like the, the marginal amount of money that they're getting in their, in their disposable income is, is adding all up and they're, you're making big purchases all of a sudden like they weren't before. But we're seeing those kinds of, you know, little one-off purchases going up a little more here and there. So that means that the demand for those sorts of types of equipment is going up a little bit. So we're seeing the prices go up as, as more of those. It's basic, you know, supply and demand economics. As the, the demand for these sorts of equipment types goes up, there's only so much capacity out there. And so the prices have to kind of naturally go up as well to, to meet that demand level. So we've seen that happen. But on other things, and I guess similar with the refrigerated kind of vehicles as well. An interesting point with those is that they're essentially a substitute for the dry van as well. So if we you know, have reached capacity for the, the dry van and there's really none available, sometimes these, uh, these shippers will go ahead and they'll hire refrigerated vehicles. They just won't turn on the refrigeration and at that point it's just a dry van box truck. So, But another good example, maybe on the opposite direction there, is the flatbed. So the economic indicator that you can really look at, maybe two of them that are sort of offsetting right now, are things like oil prices and construction. Now let me explain there. So oil prices have been depressed for a while, and, and we've seen some recent upticks in oil prices, and there's some, uh, some news out there that gives us some indicator that oil prices will probably be drifting back up again to more of a normalized level. But in the meantime, if you look at the last couple of years with these depressed oil prices, that means that there has been a lot less investing in these kinds of like petroleum structures or, or energy producing structures, which is a huge component of the structure category, which is within the business investment category of GDP. So, so we've seen a lot of that 
have a lot of downward pressure on us. So that means that uh, you know the, the building materials that are going to build you know new petroleum producing structures of any kind of sort or energy structures has just not been like it was before 2014. So we have not needed as many flatbeds to take care of that. The actual uh, you know drilling equipment and the pumping equipment that has been used used so many places in the country and. Uh, again, just you know, the investment has not been there for that the last couple of years, so we haven't needed flatbeds for that. And so what we've seen is a lot of downward pressure on those prices, and, and the demand for flatbeds just hasn't been there. There has been some offsetting factors. Because flatbeds are so often used for construction, we have been doing okay for residential construction. So there has been some need, and, and it's helped offset a little bit of the, the drop in demand for the flatbeds because we've been moving these building materials. But it just hasn't been enough to really offset it completely. And so we are still seeing these, you know, there's just not as many loads out there that need to be moved as before. And because of that, again, that the demand and the supply move the other direction. And that price per mile has still kind of stayed depressed with those flatbeds. With all the data that you collect, what should shippers, carriers, brokers be looking at most when they're looking to manage their transport spend? You know, I think that it's important to be looking at uh, what's coming down the road. The nice thing about being in, in trucking of any kind right there is that all the trucking indicators are essentially leading indicators for the broader U.S. economy out there. So, and this has been pretty well established that if you look at just the number of loads out there, and, and that's tracked through a couple different things, but you can look at things like there's the, the transportation services index, specifically for freight. There are things like the you know the CAS freight index, things like that. It's been pretty well established that when used appropriately, those can be great leading indicators for the broader economy out there. So when you're in trucking, you have a great wealth of data to, to kind of go to. And, and that, by the way, it's important to note that a lot of folks in trucking think that trucking data is kind of like a black hole. There's just not a lot of it there. But I think that when you really get into it and you really start looking around the available data, you realize that we have a wealth of data out there. So when you look at something, and uh, I don't want to shamelessly plug a product, but the, this trans forecast product that we publish out there, we publish a great amount of data about, you know, both by region and by type of equipment, things like the, the market demand for equipment. And you can, you can roughly kind of associate that with being like the amount of available loads divided by the amount of available trucks out there. So as you're seeing this increase, like the, the bigger that number is, we have a specific index called the market demand index. So the, as the index grows, you have a good idea that, you know, aggregate demand for loads are growing out there. That means the prices are going to start rising. And we do this again by type of equipment and by region. So if you are a carrier or a broker or a shipper, if you're looking at things like this, like this market demand index, and especially if you're looking by region, you're starting to, to see what the playbook should look like for you know next quarter, maybe next year, depending on how you're looking at it. And you say, hey, maybe you know region one, however we're gonna define that, I'm not gonna define that explicitly, but if region one is maybe a little bit too much capacity right there, that market demand index is low, it means there's too many trucks. I mean, as a, as a carrier, we're not going to get a great rate right there. We need to be kind of focusing on, you know, these other regions out there. So you can really start playing with that and you can find those levers in the system and be able to kind of really run your revenue and drive your revenue and drive good outcomes if you are looking at the data and you're uh, focusing on, again, you know, the right outcomes. Do you think then that carriers are well positioned for coming changes in the industry or is there more that they should be doing? You know, there's there's a lot of issues right now. If, I, if you're a carrier out there, you're focused on things like the rates, Carriers are always looking at the rates right there, and they're they're seeing them drift up, but not as fast as they would like out there. So I think if I were a carrier, you know, it's, it, I'm just not happy yet until the rates start reaching that point where I'm I'm a lot more profitable again. But there's other issues out there right now, like you know, like pending legislation on on new things like electronic logging devices, and as a carrier, there there 
I would say in general they're a lot more focused on things like that right now because it could have a big sway on, on the way that they do business. Uh, it could drive a lot more consolidation in the carrier market. And, and right now I think that uh, while the fundamentals are showing that rates in general are, are increasing and that that demand for loads is kind of going up, they have enough other, enough other things on their plates that they're, th this may be kind of the least of their worries right now. Looking ahead then to 2017, do you have a high level outlook for what's coming on down the road? Yeah, you know, we don't have an official outlook for 2017, but I'd kind of give you sort of a high level generalized idea about what we're seeing. And as with most of the things we've been chatting about today, a lot of it goes back to kind of those macroeconomic indicators that are going on because the, the broader economy tends to drive trucking and then, you know, in, in return, trucking tends to drive the broader economy. Uh, it, it's pretty easy to get a good idea about what's going to happen in trucking by looking at what's been happening in the economies. Good example is, uh, you know, we just recently had, had a pretty good GDP report come out that showed that you know, there's some revisions up and, and we had some of the highest GDP growth we've had in you know, quite a while here. So a lot of gross domestic product has been driven by consumption recently. So we know that consumption typically does a good job of driving demand for trailers like those, those dry van trailers, those box trailers and the refrigeration trailers. So there's a good bet that through 2017 that's going to kind of continue, that there's going to even be some legacy activity from the GDP stuff, even if GDP doesn't remain at such a high level, that we'll continue to see those uh, prices probably increase and the demand for dry truck trailers increase, um, and also for the refrigeration stuff there. Alternatively, um, there is the uh, kind of the, the issue of the oil prices out there and how that's going to continue to impact the flatbeds. I think because we've seen stuff happen with OPEC, uh, where they've decided to go ahead and start restricting their supply of oil out there. We're going to probably start to see those oil prices rebound a little bit and a little bit faster of a pace as well. So that's probably going to have an impact on those flatbed rates and they're probably going to start to increase and probably going to start seeing the, the, the demand for flatbeds start to edge back up again throughout 2017. Um, in terms of those kind of specialized types of equipment out there, there are things like uh, like the tankers, which as oil prices come back, those tankers are going to probably start to be a little bit more utilized again, and we'll start seeing prices come back in those as well. Um, for, in terms of just the broader market, in general, 2017 seems like it will be a, you know, a growth year. It's not going to be a fantastic growth year, but I think that we see almost across the board there's going to be a little, be a little bit more uh, you know, rebuilding those walls that were broken down so many years ago. Nate Clayville, thank you so much for sitting with us on the show, and may we both live in interesting times. Thank you. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. All of these links will be available in the show notes. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.